What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Next Level Freedom Church podcast. My name is Trenton Cruz. I'm the lead pastor of Next Level Freedom Church in Jackson, Missouri. If you're seeking a church family that can help you grow in your relationship with Christ, or maybe you just want to check us out online, be sure to check out our website, www.nextlevelfreedomchurch.com. I hope today's episode will inspire you and encourage you as you fulfill the destiny God has for your life and fulfill your divine purpose in God's master plan. Thanks for tuning and God bless. It is good to see everybody. I'm excited about the word tonight, excited about what God is uh, doing because I this message made me look at my life quite a bit. Tonight, well, we've talked about faith, amen. We've talked about virtue. We talked about knowledge. And before I tell you what we're going to talk about, I'm Pastor Brett, the associate pastor here at Next Level Freedom Church. Thank you guys so much for tuning in online. It's greatly appreciated. We'd love for you to join us down here at 1225 Old Cape Road in Jackson, Missouri. And for those of you that are in-house tonight, it's awesome to see you guys. I'm glad you're here. And we're going to be talking about self-control. Wow, this this was a hard one for me, okay? And as we go through this, we're, we're going to... We can't explore every avenue of self-control tonight. We can't do it. But we're going to define what it is, and we're going to talk about a few of the things that as believers we have to learn about self-control. And sometimes those lessons are hard, and so that we're going to kind of dig into it a little bit. So you're going to get to examine yourself tonight, amen? That's one of the most unfun things to do. about being a Christian is allowing God to speak to your heart and saying, God, show me where I need change. Because it's easy to say, show me God, but then when the change has to come and you have to do it, it's it's not easy. Now, he, he gives us that ability, amen, but there's some lessons that are hard to learn. So tonight we're going to talk about self-control. So let's turn to 2 Peter, and we're going to start in verse 6. This is where we've been this whole time. Uh, we're not going to read all of it tonight, just verse 6. And it says, Second uh, Peter chapter 1, verse 6. In knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness. So that's where we're going next week. In steadfastness with godliness. So you can see where we're, we're headed towards. We've got a lot of these that we've got to go through. But, oh no, guys, we've got to control our actions. Uh-oh. Not good. we got to learn how to control our actions. Uh, so it's not just your actions. There's a lot more to it. But what is self-control? So I looked up the definition of self-control because, I mean, I could tell you what I think self-control is. But I wanted the actual, I don't know if you'd call it a dictionary, but Google defini- definition of self-control. And self-control is the ability to control oneself, in particular, one's emotions and desires or the expression of them in one's behavior, especially in difficult situations. What's that? Oh, yeah, I thought you said something. So that's a that's kind of a definition that really got my wheels turning because I start looking at myself like, wow, am I really in control? Am I, you know, because anybody ever get upset? I'm the only one raising my hand. All right. So anybody ever lie? No. But self-control is a hard thing sometimes when you start looking at your life and you think about, man, I got mad at the kids. 
and I, I maybe I said some things I shouldn't have said, or maybe I acted in a way that my kids shouldn't have seen me act, or maybe I acted a way at work that the coworkers shouldn't have seen me act. That We're talking about self-control, controlling your temper, controlling your actions, controlling your emotions, controlling your desires. There's a lot of things we have to learn how to control being a Christian, because guess who's looking at us? The whole world is all eyes on you, Mr. Christian or Mrs. Christian, because they know who you are. They know what you believe, where you work, and they're just waiting, 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 waiting for you to lose control of a situation. And as soon as you do, but I thought you was a Christian. Anybody ever got that? I had somebody, I had people tell me one time that, well, I know you cuss. I've heard you cuss. And, I, and that, at that point in time, that was a bold-faced lie. But the problem was is everybody at that place cussed. And I didn't. But guess who got lumped in with it? I did. So to sometimes even self-control, you've got to go step further. And that's that's the whole point of this recipe that we're in. Because self-control, you got to go, what's, what did it say next? Steadfastness? Is that what we said? Self-control with steadfastness and steadfastness with godliness. You've got to remain in control. We're going to get into that next week, but it's going to lead into godliness. See, you can have self-control, but you may not be walking in godliness just yet. There should have been an amen right there, but that's all right. I'll take it and go. Let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love. And this says, Self-control, or some translations say a sound mind. First, Christians, we got to be at peace. That's, that's the whole faith thing. We go all the way back to whenever we gave our lives to Christ. Did, did anybody feel peace in their life when they gave their life to Jesus? That's the first time in my life that things actually started to make sense. Looking back at my life, I'm not going to get into my testimony tonight, but my parents were divorced, and I hardly ever seen my dad. We didn't have the greatest relationship. Not a bad dad, just not a good relationship, right? And I look back at my life, and it was it was in chaos. It didn't make sense. I didn't know why the divorce happened. I was young. I didn't like it. I was being moved back and forth, back and forth. I think I've moved 15 or 16 times now in my life. I really don't want to move again because that's too much work. But it was there was no peace. There was no peace. So I, at a young age, I didn't have self-control. I didn't understand none of that stuff. And now all of a sudden, Jesus comes into my life. And things it's almost like things slow down. And I'm able to see things a little more clearly. Even at a young age, when I, was, I think I was 13, 12, 13. Even at a young age of getting to know Christ, things begin to slow down. And I could see things differently than I could before. Things made sense because a lot of that self-control, and we're going to get into this as we get into the message, but it comes from God. There's an aspect of it that we do, yes, but a lot of it comes from God. It's a gift from God that he will give you and he will teach you self-control and he will show you how to accomplish these things and how to walk in different situations in life. Number one, we got to be at peace and we got to get this thinking out of our head that it's all on us. We got to do it all. Because Christ always walks with us. He always goes with us. The Holy Spirit comes inside of us and leads us and directs us into all things, right? Teaches us all things. That's the Holy Spirit. That's what he does. This is why we have to follow the recipe. Because without the knowledge of God, we cannot know true peace. Amen? 
You can't know true peace. You can have things in your life before you become a believer, and you can think that your life is perfect and everything is flowing wonderfully, but there's always that aspect that's missing. Before you knew Christ, you knew that something was missing because when the Holy Spirit begins to draw you, he begins to show you that something's missing. There's there's a, how does that book talk about it? There's a God-shaped hole in your heart, and it needs to be filled I can't remember how that all goes, but there's a part of us that needs to be filled that we're incomplete without it. We're incomplete without God. That's why we have to follow this recipe. We have to put this, these things into place. It's our faith in God, the good morals and the knowledge he gives us that enables us to be in control better than the world is. The world has not got things under control. All you got to do is turn on Fox, CNN, MSNBC, CBS, whatever it is, and it's nothing but utter chaos. It's a nightmare. I don't even watch it. Take that 30 minutes you're watching the news and do something constructive. Pray. Spend time with God. Spend time with your kids or whatever it is because you're going to get way more out of it because all they're feeding you is fear and lies. You are not going to have self-control. You're going to lose control because you're going to start to lose your mind and you're going to start to fear. And when fear kicks in, guess what happens? You're no longer in control. You've given yourself over to fear. I hope I'm not preaching to myself. Anybody else? Somebody out there got to be dealing with some of this because I have. I've dealt with it, and it stinks. I don't like it. I don't like the way it feels. When things get hard for believers like death or sickness or hard times, we don't lose the things in our recipe. We put them into action. That's what we're supposed to be doing. That's why we have a recipe. We're, we're leading towards a finished product. You get your faith in Christ, and he begins to show you good the virtues, the good morals. And then he begins to give you knowledge, and you begin to learn about God. And then he begins to show you, hey, look, you can be in control of things if you just trust me. Just put your trust in me and watch how I can help you in your life, and your life will start to run a little smoother. Your life will start to have peace. Things will begin. It is not always at once. It's, it's a process, isn't it? Step by step by step, you begin, and every day you wake up and you realize you're better off today than you were yesterday because of your faith in Christ. If that ain't a recipe to follow, guys, I don't know what is. We don't lose the things in our recipe. We put them into practice. And if you're not putting them into practice, that's your, that's your problem because now we have the recipe. We know that this is a recipe. It's a recipe for righteous living. We are able to have a sound mind because of the things that Christ has given us. When we get scared and our emotions get messed up, where do we turn? Where do you turn? Okay, don't tell me y'all ain't never been scared before. Anybody ever been scared? Got a scare, a a sickness in your life, a sickness in your family's life, whatever it is. We've all had those moments where we get scared. Where do we turn? We can turn to God. The world can't turn to God. But you have somewhere else to turn to, which is kind of this. You have a church family. You have a body of believers that you can turn to that's going to have a like mind that's going to help you keep things in check, help you keep in that self-control. Really, that's what a body of believers is supposed to do. We're supposed to come around the person 
Lay hands on them. Pray for them. Lift them up. How can I help you? What do you need this week? I know what you're dealing with. What is it that we can do for you to make this easy for you? You don't need to fear. We need to be putting those words into each everybody in here. We need to be putting those words into each other's minds. That's how we remain in control. If, if you think that there's not chaos in the world, and if you think that there's not chaos coming, you're sadly mistaken because... Although things sometimes may get better, we may see revival. We may see the church thriving. It's going to be in the midst of chaos. It always is because the devil is not going to stop whenever God is moving. He's not just going to back down. He's going to find a way to attack and mess up your life. When you least expect it, here he comes. I'm going to mess up their self-control. They think they know God. They think they've got good godly morals and have faith in Christ. Well, watch what I do. You know the devil's out there doing that. You know that he's putting demons and devils and everything else that he can on you. That's why you got to follow the recipe. That is what it is all about. We have a whole body of like-minded people that we can come in text message and we can call and we can meet them at church. We can meet them for coffee. And there's no reason that we shouldn't be able to have self-control amongst each other to help each other out. But aside from that, the world sees us. The world sees us in the things that we do. What do you think they're looking at? There's a group of people that are watching for you to mess up. And there's a group of people that are watching to see what God does next in your life. Because now they're curious. Why are they curious? Well, that guy's got it all together. <laughs> and we're like, no, we don't. <laughs> but they see somebody that smiles when they come to work. They see somebody that goes to church. They see somebody that stops to take time for other people. Stops to shake their hand, stops to hold the door for them, stops to laugh at a laugh at a funny joke or something like that, and just spend time, spend just a couple of minutes with them. They see the way we interact with the world. They see that we don't get scared when things like COVID nineteen take off, running rampant. And they say, "What is it that he's got? Why does he seem like he's got everything under control?" Why does that church down, down there in Jackson, why are they not freaking out right now? They're, they're in there with their hands. I drove past the other, the other day. They're in there with their hands up, and, and there was music playing. What do they got going on down there? I've I seen that guy. I work with him. There's people watching us. Yeah, there's some watching us to see if we fail, but there's others watching us to wonder what it is that we've got. We've had them walk in the church door saying, God told me to come here. God's moving in this world. The problem is, is the world can't see it. And the, there's a lot of Christians that can't see it because they don't, they, they're not, they don't have self-control. They're not in control of their emotions. They're not in control of their actions. And really what this all boils down to is just giving your life completely and utterly over to Jesus. That's it. We're going to go through this whole recipe, but really, when you break it down, it's giving your life to Jesus and saying yes. 
That's what we have that they don't. That's what they want but don't know that they want it yet. They have no idea what it is that they're looking for. We have got to conduct ourselves in a way that shows Jesus. Well, how's the old saying go? You may be the only Jesus that people see. Well, it's true. It's true. That means control the temper in public, and that's kind of where we're going to start. One of the first things is temper. Anybody ever had a bad temper before? Okay. Lost it? Can I tell a little story? It's not a long story. Talked to my wife the other morning. She was upset. We'll just leave it at that. Kids were acting a fool. And I had to stew on that all day at work. All day. Had to stew on that. Like getting madder and madder and madder about the whole situation. And I just thought, no, that ain't going to fix nothing. Yelling and screaming, that's, that's not the answer neither. I've got to make them understand why what they did was wrong and how we're going to fix it and how bad their punishment's going to be because that's the fun part for us parents, right? <laughs> that was a joke, but it, it is true a little bit. But So I had to sit them down, and I had to stay in control of my emotions, because I was mad on the inside, but I didn't. I wanted them to know I was mad, but I didn't want that to manifest in such a way that it was going to go right past them. And that's what yelling and screaming does. That's not self-control. So I calmly talked to them and got them to understand why it was what they did was wrong. And it clicked. But see, th- th- that's what I'm talking about is when you can stay in control of your emotions, when you cannot let your temper get so out of whack that you can't properly communicate yourself, that's when we reach people. That's self-control. That's what God's asking of us. That's what is going to be expected of us. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We all know that verse, right? But do we believe that verse? Do we really stand on that? I mean, there's been times in my life where I'll just stay. I'm doing something hard. I'm like, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Lord, where you at? <laughs> How come I can't lift that? But what's it really talking? It's talking about controlling yourself in hard times. That's one of the things that that scripture is talking about. Sometimes people are acting a fool, and it feels like if you don't let them know it, you're going to explode. But you've got to control yourself. They can act a fool, but you can't act a fool. You have to control yourself. And sometimes it is extremely hard. God gives us that self-control. He gives it to us in the Holy Spirit. That Holy Spirit is what we need. Have you ever felt the Holy Spirit calm you down? When you're just, right? You're just mad. Can't say anything. You're stuttering your words because you can't even see straight. You're so mad. And it's just a, God, I need you. Mm, There it is. And all of a sudden, now you can think clearly. Faith in Christ. Your morals change. You get a knowledge of who God is. And then he begins to teach you self-control. So how you can control that and be a good witness. Psalm 37, verse 8 and 9. Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. 
Fret not yourself, it tends only to evil. For the evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. We've all seen what anger does, right? When you lost your temper, did it help the situation or did it hurt it? Because when we lose our temper, we say things that we know we don't mean. I've done that. You know what's harder than saying things you don't mean? Is coming back and apologizing for them. Man, that's the hardest thing in the world to do because you know you were wrong. And you have, like me, I have to go tell my wife, I was wrong. <laughs> it's hard to say. It's hard to get those little words out, I was wrong. I've had to do it a few times. But that's what your temper does whenever you lose it. It, it never ends well for you. It causes more anger, causes more hurt feelings. It tears us apart instead of building us up. Self-control will build you up. Self-control will build your family. Self-control will build your friendship. Self-control will build your church. It's all part of a recipe. Self-control isn't just temper tantrums. It's all kinds of emotions. How about fear? Anybody deal with fear? Fear has led me in the past into some anxiety. Borderline depression at times. And I could tell that's a little bit of that story real quick. I was I used to study prophecy a whole lot. And I still do a little bit, but not like I did. I mean, I went deep, 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 deep into prophecy. And then I, I branched out and got into, oh, the Russians are coming to take us. Oh, the Chinese are coming to take us. And this is all going to happen by the year 2017 or 2015. And then this is going to happen. And martial law is coming. Yada, 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 on down the line it goes. I had a steady dose of that nightly. Trying to find it all in Bible prophecy. You know what that did? Slowly opens the door when I'm not looking, and here comes a spirit of fear. And I latched right on. Next thing you know, anxiety sets in. And I'm sitting in my living room, hugging a pillow, rocking back and forth, asking my wife, what's wrong with me? At the same time, finding out that I'm a diabetic. So I've got anxiety. I'm a diabetic. And I'm scared to death of everything. I slowly start to slip into a little bit of depression because I'm working nights. I never see my family. Watching, Not watching my kid grow up before my eyes because I never see her for two years. The only time I would see her would be on a Saturday morning before I went to work and a Sunday where I was being a youth pastor at another church and I had to give up time on a Sunday night because that was the only time I had to work with the youth. And I just couldn't take it anymore. Something had to change. And something finally did. God brought, I was going to doctors, couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. They just kept throwing medicines at me. You know what the medicines did? Made everything worse. So one day I go to my chiropractor because I, I have back problems. And I said, you know what, doc? I said, I've asked every doctor I know of. And nobody can help me. So you know what? I'm just going to ask you. It's probably not your thing. I said, but I'm so tired, and I feel like I could run a marathon on the inside. My heart's racing. I can't sit still. I'm tired all the time. I feel like I'm getting electrical shocks in my body all the time. Just not in control of anything at that point in my life. And he says, oh, I know exactly what that is. Lay down. 
and he just starts pointing out the vertebrae in my body, and he says, this, this controls this, this controls this, this controls this. Two weeks, going to the chiropractor maybe three times a week, and I feel great. My life changed. I felt like I was in control of my life again. But see, here's the point. We let such little things, and we let our guard down, and we get into things we shouldn't be into, and then the next thing you know, fear steps in, and then anxiety steps in, and then depression steps in, and now you're no longer in control of who you are. Just like that. That's not what God has for us. That's not what he has for us. We must control our emotions, not always for the sake of others, but for ourselves, for our physical health, for our mental health, for our spiritual health, for our family. Fear can cause all of these emotions, and if they're not kept in check, they cause all kinds of problems. Fear will cause you all kinds of problems. How we react to it also affects others. My anxiety affected my whole family. What's wrong with dad? Turned into me yelling because I'm scared to death, so I'm yelling at my kids because I don't know what else to do. Got a messed up story back there. But God brought me through it, taught me how to deal with it, showed me what I got to do. So what's that called? You know what he did? He taught me self-control. And he can teach you self-control because his Holy Spirit teaches us what? All things. All things. And it's amazing. Titus chapter 2 verse, uh, well, we got a few of them there. Titus 2, 11 through 15. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age. I like that verse. Awaiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness, to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are jealous or who are zealous, I'm sorry, for good works. Declare these things, exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no one disregard you. Let's back up. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. That's faith. We put our faith in him. We accept his salvation. What does he do? What does he do after we put our faith in him? He trains us. What have we been talking about? You get your virtues. You get your knowledge. Self-control. He's training us all right now. He's taking us through this process. Training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions. That's what we're doing. That's what this recipe is all about. To live self-controlled. That's how you are supposed to live. If you are living right now in any other way than a self-controlled life in Christ, it's wrong. It's wrong. We have to listen to the Holy Spirit teach us who to be, teach us how to act, teach us how to walk, teach us how to talk. Amen? Waiting for our blessed hope. What are we doing? We don't just go to church, sit here, and say, I hope he comes today. If that's what you're getting out of church, you're there for the wrong reasons. We come here, we get fellowship, we get refueled, we glorify God, we, we get into the presence of God, hopefully, and we get filled up with something, and we take it to the world, and we say, look what I got. You can have it too. That's what we should be doing. We're waiting for the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. We should be waiting, but we shouldn't be just sitting and doing nothing. 
He gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness. You know what? He gave himself to keep us from all this sinful activity in this world, from all this sinful nature. He gave himself so that we could just give that up and walk in him and follow this recipe and live godly, live a righteous life. Who doesn't want to live a righteous life? Okay, good. Didn't see any hands go up. Hopefully there was none online. That's what we are striving for. That's what I strive for. Holy Spirit is the best feeling in the world and the worst feeling in the world. I've kind of, I've coined that over the years. It's the best feeling in the world because you know that he's there. It's the worst feeling in the world because, man, when you get convicted, it hurts. It's the worst feeling. I hate it, but I'm glad it's there at the same time. You can't explain that other than Holy Spirit. (laughs) That's the only way I can explain it. Galatians chapter 5, verse, oh, got a bunch of them again. We'll start in 19. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Maybe we'll preach a series on these too. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Sorry out there, LGBTQ, P, and everything else, and all the transgender stuff. You can try to find it in the Bible and justify it. Those of you that are going into churches and trying to become pastors that are a part of that lifestyle, I just read it to you. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. Sin is sin is sin is sin. He's not going to say one sin's okay and then another sin's not. That's not, I've never seen that in scripture. I'm sorry. Sin is sin and it all needs to be washed away by the blood of Jesus. You can stand in a pulpit and pretend to be something that you're not. I can't stop you, but I'm telling you right now, living in sin and not knowing who Christ is, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. You will not. That's not Pastor Brett. That's right there in Galatians. Go read it for yourself. And I'm not being hateful and I'm not being a bigot. I'm being as loving as I can, telling you that the word of God is true. Men is the liars. You have been lied to. You have been deceived. You think you're in control, but you're not. You're not. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such things there is no law. What would you rather have, the first list or that second list? And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. I'm almost done. If we are aware and we care, self-control is not that hard because it's a gift from God. The key to the whole thing is you have to want to. Why did you get faith in Christ? You wanted it. Right? Nobody, nobody forced you to bow your knee to Jesus and say, please come into my life. 
I receive you as my Savior. Did anybody force you to do it? Because if they did, it wasn't real. Nobody forced you to accept Jesus. Nobody forced you to say, you know, I I, want to start being a better person. You made that decision, right? Nobody forced you to start reading your Bible. There ain't no man in the world that can force you to read your Bible. You pick that thing up and you get the knowledge out of it because you want to. What we do is because we want to. Self-control is not that hard. It's a gift from God. It is one of the things that people will see in us that will make them wonder. They will stand at you in wonder, in amazement, because of what God is doing in your life. They, they may not know that it's God, but they're going to look at you, Anna, and they're going to say, I seen you two years ago, and not to be rude, but you didn't look the same as you do now. What's different? Devin, I knew you. I knew you 10 years ago. And there's a day coming when people's going to say that. And boom, there's your opportunity to say, you're right. That's who I was, but that ain't who I am. Christ is in my life. I've got things under control because of him. That's our goal. That's what we're talking about. That's why this is in the recipe. In the midst of chaos, we have to be the peace and we have to be in control and the world gets to see that. That's what draws them in. That's what's coming. That's whenever this world gets thrown into utter chaos because there's something coming, guys. If you can't sense that in your spirit and feel it, then I don't know what to tell you, but there is something big coming. There is something big. Christians, you better be ready. You better be in control. You better have just just yes you better be in control your life is a light to the nations guys and when that happens and and everything goes dark and the world's in utter chaos are they going to see you are they going to see your light you going to be in control enough to turn the light switch on make sure that that light switch is on we can show the world who he really is we can show the world who's really in charge Because you know what? When this all goes down, that's what's going to happen. They're going to wonder who's in charge, who's in control, what's going on. Well, let me tell you why I've got the peace that I have. Because I'm not looking to a government to save me. I'm not looking to a world system to save me. I'm not looking to food stamps. I'm not looking to the the government programs. And I'm not looking to all of these things. When I need something, I ask God for it. And I'm not saying that those the, all of those things are bad, but what I'm saying is, is when you put your trust in those things and the system falls and fails, you're left with absolutely nothing. Put your faith in God tonight. Accept Christ as your Savior. Watch what he does. Your morals will change. Your ideas, and you won't want to live off those things anymore. You won't, you won't sit back and say, the government's going to save me. You won't sit back and do those things. Your life will begin to change. Who you are right now is not who you are going to be five years from now if you accept Christ. And I say five years from now because, you know, I've known those people that accept Christ, and then the next day it's like, boom, 
super Christian and they got the cape on and everything. And man, they're just going. And 10 years later, man, they're still going. And I'm like, I wish I would have been, <laughs> would have been just like that. But I wasn't. I had to walk this road and I had to learn things the hard way because that's sometimes who I am. I was talking to my kids about that the other day. I'm like, Ella is like me. She's going to learn things the hard way. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. You appreciate the lessons more. So as I end tonight, it is God's will that we lead people to Jesus. That's what he wants out of us. That's what he desires from us. He he loves our worship. He loves our praise. He loves when we glorify him. But he absolutely loves when we take all of that outside of this four walls and we go out there and we share Jesus. And we show people that it's because of God that our lives appear the way they appear. Because on the inside, we're all like, me personally, I'm sitting in that chair tonight. And I'm like, God, I haven't, I don't feel like I've spent the appropriate amount of time with you this week. I've worried about a lot of things and I've stressed about a lot of things this week. And I didn't take the time for you, God, and I don't feel adequate to even get up there and preach this message tonight, God. And then I find out that we're doing communion, and I'm like, oh, God, I don't even know if I should take this tonight. Look, I'm just being real because that's who I am. I struggle just like anybody else. And I just sit there and pray. And I come to a point in the prayer where I feel like God said, it's it's okay. Because you know what? He gets it. And the fact that you humbled yourself enough to tell him that I don't feel like I did good this week, you know what that tells him? That you love him. Because maybe the people that spent 20 hours with him this week are walking around like, yeah, I spent 20 hours with the Lord this week and... I did this and I did that and yada, 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 yada. They never thanked him one time. Never repented for something they did one time. Now they're just out there bragging about themselves. He's looking into our hearts and we got to realize that he's looking into the people in the world's hearts. He knows they need him. We've got to realize that they need him too. We got to walk in humbleness. We got to walk in truth. And we got to have control of our emotions and our actions. We got to be good witnesses. Amen. All right. So I'm going to close tonight. If y'all need prayer, uh, me and Pastor Trenton will be up here. If you'd like to come up, this come up and just kneel down and pray. Uh, you're welcome to do that as well. I'm going to just say a prayer. If for some reason you need to go, you're welcome to go. You'll be dismissed. Uh, other than that. Uh, music's playing and just spend some time in prayer with God if you want. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for this night. We thank you, Lord, for what you spoke to us, and we just ask, God, that you would speak to us this week. Don't let this word leave our ears, Father God, after we walk out of here. Bring it back into our hearts. Bring it back into our memory. Let us think about you this week, God, and seek you and ask ourselves, are we really in control the way we need to be? Are we really allowing you to run our lives the way that we should? Don't let this word leave our hearts this week, God. Lord, we pray for safety, Lord, as people travel and go home and we go our separate ways. We ask, God, that you would just 
bring everybody back to this church safely. Lord God, we pray for new members to come into this church, Father God. Lord, we just pray, God, that our that our actions, Father God, that our lifestyle, Father God, that people would see this church and want to be a part of it, Father God, that you would bring those that are supposed to be here, here, Father. Continue to use this church, God, for your glory. That's why we're here, God, is to bring you glory alone. In Jesus' name, amen.